0: Hello and welcome to episode 21 of this series of Cherry Jam uh, Just the four of us this evening So myself, Russ Brooks, Snowy, James Eastwood and Jim Harley um, Yeah, back to square one really with Gloucester this weekend Contry, Contrary to popular belief, Lawrence has not jumped from a bridge at Gloucester's performance No um, He's still around He is still around But it was it, it was back to square one unfortunately And we'll come on to that later um, We will talk about England uh, at, the, at the weekend And that was a positive um, we're we're going to start in a minute talking about the uh, uh, actually quite interesting um, additions to some of the commentaries over the last few weeks, actually, particularly um, from uh, the women's game, uh, which is, again, a positive, And we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, and we will come on to later um, our own experience of the absolute farce that was the World Cup ticketing this morning. Um, and uh, hopefully we will still get to go to France, but we'll, we'll touch on that in a bit as well. Starting off then, Jim, um, you kind of wanted to raise something initially, which was the um, additional, well, some of the new voices we were starting to hear on women, on the rugby commentary, particularly from women, uh, yeah. and, and actually how good they are and how, how it's important to get these voices out there and um, generally. Um, so, you know, it, it's quite positive.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I think last week we um, talked a little bit about the tweets in reaction to Sonia's interview of, of Owen Farrell um, and I think that's been pretty much um, shot down by the, the rugby community. You know, they've been dead against the, the way that she's been treated on social media, which is great. Um, and I think we've seen a little bit more. Um, Maggie Alfonsi has been on, um, I think, the BBC doing Six Nations stuff. Um, just not doing the commentary side, but just giving another another view Um you know, during halftime and post-match analysis, that sort of thing, um, and she's done that for pretty much since she retired from playing. I think so. She's had a few years at it, got a lot better at it, um, and I think that's just something that I wanted to touch on. Really, is that I think um, TV companies are giving the women that are coming in to this sort of punditry role, much like BT did with with Sarah as a as a new Commentator, or at least new to rugby, um, they've given them time, and they haven't kind of rushed them and binned them off because they don't know what they're talking about or whatever. They've allowed them to grow and uh, you know become more confident in that role. And I think I think it might be for the first time that um, that Natasha Hunt, or Mo as she's known, mm. um, did uh, the commentary because obviously with all the games being covered by BT at the moment in the Premiership. Um, she, she did the commentary um, in, in Aki's uh, absence um, at the weekend. And I thought she was really, really good. And I know she's done some commentary of the ladies' games when she hasn't been playing. And she did a little bit on, I think it was TV, she did a little bit of a sort of TV interview with, with Emily Scarrett talking about how what it's like being a woman in rugby, which I thought was quite a funny interview, although it was quite upsetting, some of the questions they have to deal with, it appears. But, yeah, I, I just thought it was um, really positive from bt bbc um you know getting these women involved because if we want to have better commentary then i think having more people doing it and having more people exposed to it especially when we've got so many games on the box is great it's quite good when it as well
2: that you've got someone who's playing the game now yeah Mm. Um, so any of those latest referee interpretations and things like that that they're all the referees, at the beginning of the season, and whenever there's a big change, inform all the clubs, don't they? And that that filters down to the players. So they're always at the cutting edge of that. You-
1: um,
2: and it's something BT have been good with generally. I think is that they've kept they've kept it modern, whereas probably what happened with Sky, Sky commentary of Miles Harrison, Stuart Barnes was good for a period. (laughs) And you look at the BBC as well, but they soon just become out of touch. The game moves on so quickly. They soon become out of touch. And I mean, the BBC is just absolutely shocking now because they've got such old-fashioned views of how rugby union has played. Sky Sky has gone that way a bit as well, but... That BT at least are keeping right on the, the edge of the modern game.
3: You can hear it in the terminology and the way they phrase it and what they talk about, the passages of play. And I think, you know, I think what BT have benefited from is their main commentator commentary team going off to talk about the Six Nations. So they've got a gap to fill. So that in itself has created an opportunity. And I think you're both right. It's great that they've picked... <clears throat> Um, not just women, but current players to come in and fill that gap. And uh, like Danielle Waterman, Nolly was really good. I thought on the, was it the Italy game? I think the Italy-Wales game, she was the co-commentator. Yeah. And I thought she was quite good there as well. Again, for that reason, they've played they've played recently. And that wider point that you made, Snowy. Me, I mean, BBC is bad, but it's why people like Paul O'Connell, who I think is quite good, and... Um, Warburton, they're both quite good, but they stand out a mile compared to some of
1: the dated dross against well, like Clive Woodward and uh, Martin Johnson. I mean, yes, they're England rugby legends, but are well, they really meant to be speaking
3: about the game i don't know Gus, it does have it. The worst. i think woodward woodward at least has his comedy moments like i said when they put him on with wilkinson it's brilliant because wilkinson looks at him like a disappointed <laughs> dad doesn't he when like you know it's like oh my god clive i'm just going to tolerate you because you helped me win a world cup but jesus christ shut up you can just eat kind of that look i mean
2: clive woodward i've read his book and stuff as well. It, it makes you think he was just in the right place at the right time, wasn't he? <laughs> I, think, I
0: think, to be fair to Cloverwood, I think what the difference was, that was, I suppose, yeah, you're probably right in that it was right place, right time. But I think also you've got to remember, he was one of the very f- first people to put in those really sort of minutiae those structures in yeah, the whole. I, yeah. um, what do they call it in cycling the, the, marginal, the gains. Marginal, marginal gains yeah. I think and, can, and he was one of the first people to really
3: move that across to rugby you can sneer at him a bit can't you and i think we do because he did have a great scroll but i think you're right ed he did make a difference with that and he would probably profess not to be an expert he trusted other people didn't he which no, but that's I mean, he was a think he, he
2: works in that slight cloud yeah. cuckoo land and that suited that time because there was a lot of old-fashioned thinking in the game and he brought in yeah. lots of modern And ways he had an it.
1: unlimited checkbook didn't he? If Sir you... had been in charge of Fiji <laughs> and he had the Fijian budget, would he have been able to make Fiji anything like you know, as, as good as they could be. Probably not you know, because probably he didn't not. force his view. That's what as quick aside, if anyone's never read
3: it, Ben Ryan's book on coaching the Fiji Olympic Sevens is very good for that reason. Cause basically what he did is he came in and just realized that he didn't need to coach them on their skills or any of that. He just kind of got that modern ethos of you know, you guys train a bit harder, you'll beat everybody. I don't need to do much with you, just buy into how to play the game in a more modern way, rather than... Like, I I, wouldn't, I can't really spoil a book, but some of the stuff is eye-opening, and he just brought in a culture
1: change. Clive would probably have them doing all sorts of things that just wouldn't bring them out. I would like to think, and I think this is kind of part of what the RFU are pro- probably trying to champion as well, is having... All these current England players um, on the t- on the telly, or on the radio, pr- they are promoting the game well, it's, it's to, good. to young to, to girls and young women to get them playing the game and continuing to play the game. I think yeah. that is the, the key. It,
3: it's it's great exposure, and it's the annoying thing. Like a wider point, that what's annoying is like this weekend all the premiership games, and I know it's because of the way that Premier Rugby took, had to do the agreement, they're all on the extra and the red button and you kind of feel that it, it lacks an exposure of sort of the premiership in general, doesn't it? That, yeah. you know, you had to you have to be a fan to really know or go look Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And, and and on that, I mean, I was there like dual screening. So I had the Gloucester-Hartbury versus uh, DMP-Durham-Sharks on the tablet and then I had the red button game on the TV, and you know you might have another tablet with the with the international on, um, because they're all they're all clashing. And I get it, but it's great that the women's game is basically free to view on on YouTube or you know th- through the stream, um, and that's actually a really good you know really good um, quality production. But it clashes with other rugby that in the majority of people's situation will take precedence. So mm. it's not getting the viewership that it could. If it was the only rugby on at that time, I think the viewing figures would be much, much improved. And I think it's a little bit of a sort of, yeah, it's just a little bit of a two fingers up to the women's game sometimes when these clashes yeah. do happen.
0: There's there's a few we we'll, we'll move on in a second, but there's a few points just quickly. One, um, it frustrates the hell out of me that uh, in a normal situation, when all these games would be on during the Six Nations, they move the kickoff times. Uh, I think nearly all the time they move the kickoff times, so there doesn't clash. There's no overlap between the Gloucester game, for example, and the England game. Well, there was a fifty. I mean, it's now a fifteen minute overlap. But that's a, that's a minimum. I mean, um, if it goes on too long, uh, you know the the uh, the, the Gloucester game could be 20 minutes. You could be end up 20 minutes into the England yeah, game. Why not have of it half an hour earlier Yeah, I don't understand it. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. gonna make do it, sense. You're going to do it properly. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, or you do it afterwards, which is one I know we've done previously as well. Especially uh, when fans aren't part of the equation. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. I mean, just, just you know, everyone's going to watch the England game. The second thing, of course, we, we mentioned about the BBC and stuff. I, I, I will say that I think some of the people they brought on in the last... Funny, enough, this Six Nations, last Six Nations, uh, as we mentioned, like Warburton... I thought uh, Jamie Heaslet was actually quite good. John Barclay, as it, the Scottish, I uh, thought he was decent. I think if they can move these people into the uh, into more commentary positions, and uh, rather than having just Eddie Butler, Brian Moore, you know, which at the end of the day, it's entertaining if you don't know much about rugby, but if you're a rugby supporter, it's very frustrating. And of course, yeah, it's, f- it's all very well in the studio, isn't it? Because I think they've always had.
3: Yeah, like
2: this... guys that are playing the game will have recently played the game in the studio, but you need at least the analyst position what's, in the commentary team. What's so annoying so about people watch. like
3: Moore is they'll say, oh, well, it's good because he explains the laws. But so does David Flatman and Ben Kay. They're both very good at explaining the, without, the interpretation without being patronising or getting too frustrated no, or carried I, I do, away.
0: I do also get a bit frustrated. And I know that rugby is a... Isn't a majority sport, you know. It's a marginal support uh, sport in this country still, but I think enough people know. The people who watch the Six Nations will watch the Six Nations every year. It's not, you're not going to suddenly grab a load of like five million extra football fans who've never seen it before. Yeah. people do understand the rule, the laws of the game to an extent. I don't think they need to go into so much bloody detail about. You know, this is the Scrum law and all that. Just, just look. People don't care most of the time. People don't care. Like if you know, you've seen the shed. People have been in the shed for thirty years. Wouldn't know the bloody Scrum law is. Um, they don't understand what's going on. I mean, you know, I've been. They just like go shouting 20... the at
1: the officials. Yeah, even you, it, though it's a perfectly legitimate. Exactly. Against it,
0: us. It, clearly, it's a, clearly a right. The right decision. <laughs> He's clearly off his feet or whatever. And you know, I will still shout bloody r- rubbish, ref. Um. Anyway, right. Um. We're going to move on now to. Uh, we might as well talk about some rugby. Um, we'll talk about the the, the bad rugby first, <laughs> which was the Gloucester game um, against Leicester, uh, and then we'll move on to the good rugby in the second part of the pod, which is the England game. Uh, right, the bad rugby. So Gloucester, um, in total contrast to the last previous week, certainly last week, no intensity, uh, like just daft mistakes, really, really, really slow. I think that's the description I can give it. Just it was slow, really slow attack. Not really a lot of intensity in defence. Not great in terms of um, errors and daft mistakes. Um, amazingly, no red cards this week, which is it, good. It was just back to normal, really. It was just it was, poor. It
3: was. It. it was like the last two weeks didn't happen.
0: Yeah, and, and and I, I'm going to. There's one point I wanted to make, which I kind of raised this weeks ago, and I don't think I don't think it's it's just because we've lost, we're therefore going to be overcritical because there were some good points. You know, there were some um, positives like there have been in all the games. Um, But consistently throughout, I've said that I think the defensive system is a bit of a mess. And although it's improved, I think it still is a bit of a mess. And attacking, we just kick the ball away too much. I mean, Snowy, you you had a point about the defense, didn't you? Oh, it's like tackling, sorry, stats and stuff. Well, yeah,
2: I, I think I've raised the tackling stats before. I mean, they, we, we can't lord players for being top of the tackling table. That is nonsensical. You know, yeah. the person you put in the most tackles because you've had to make the most tackles. The, the percentage that you miss is tiny. So the person that makes the most tackles, that's not a sign on how hard they're working. That's their no. insight into yeah. how much ball that team has given oh, the opposition. Well, yeah. but in my mind-
1: L- London Irish, um, they got the best ever... Well the highest ever, was it um, their their blindside, got the most tackles ever in a game at the weekend.
0: Yeah, Worcester Um, had 72% possession.
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh, That's what happened. To be fair, Irish still managed to win, and that's down to Worcester being... Worcester being being crap, yeah. It's it's small turnover. You want something like turnovers are more impressive, aren't they?
3: How many times did you turn the ball over? How many turnovers did you win? Or something like that. If you want a good defensive start,
2: it's um, it's not, it's not the kicking the ball away so much for me. Although that is part of it, it's more the fact that we fall back to that option because we literally don't have anything else that we can do.
3: No. So what, what
2: we do in attack is we, we have to create something, probably through a bit of luck or bad defence or first phase, or the entire attacking line stands flat and stationary. Mm. The the scrum half has one option. And the fly half has one option off him. There's it was the the, one thing I do like about these internationals is you watch a Gloucester game and then you go straight into an international (laughs) game. And it's like you're watching two different sports,
3: but it it makes it more frustrating. Probably are. I mean, it goes back to so I made that point a few weeks ago that if we don't score worldy, we aren't going to score because we can't build sustained pressure and we were all moaning about it and i think the one that was quite interesting was that kind of discussion ed was with me had where ed built on it like i was really impressed how flat barton was but then what's really frustrating is where ed built on it and was quite right is he'll wang it back like 15 meters to 12 trees who's then got and I, this isn't a criticism of 12 trees before anyone gets worked
2: i'll, I'll criticize 12 trees but but the problem is, no, <laughs> it's, before,
0: it's,
3: it's like Ed said. The pass is before that because he's then got no options. And when you if you freeze those pictures, there's no one offering Barton a pop ball or a crash ball on that flat line. Or inside no forward running, running on,
2: it's making, making it very or very, very
1: easy for the defence.
2: And, and, and Billy, and Billy is right. For as hard as he works, he is the easiest attacker to defend against in the entire Premiership. Um, and you see it most when he's at ten, but it's not much better when he's at twelve because he does one of two things: he either stands flat and crashes it and never offloads, or he stands deep and then wings it into someone behind. And that—that's that's his two things. That's it. It's when, the when top you, um, two
0: inches, isn't it? Sorry, Snow, go on.
2: Sorry, yeah. When you compare and contrast it with the international game, if if you see, especially England, were are, are excellent at it, but we're particularly good at it this weekend. Is, is if the ball was slow straight away you can see right they've got three options for how they're going to generate fastball and if they don't generate fastball they'll have another go on the second go and if they generate fastball then they know suddenly it's like bam straight into gear how can we the defense of working backwards go bam 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 how are we going to make meters and it, it, was, complete, it was just it was And the other example
3: sport. sorry jim just while snows on that point in chat the other one that was brilliant for that was the one french try we a Mo? picked up on this in our game was there were a few times where there were really quick hands and it looked impressive except not one person took a couple of steps and drew their man so straight away we just shifted laterally france scored a try that was absolutely looked like a great try but you broke it down it was really simple everyone ran straight fixed their man and then when they were fixed they passed and they worked an overlap we were just working side to side and taking all the space away and no one was putting any impetus on just fixing a man or giving or like ed said there was then no one going here's an inside option to crash forward we just took all the space away we were basically defending their wings for them that's my
2: way of a king the Georgian <laughs> when yeah. that he's the ideal player to have like right, smash it up the middle and generate that fastball but I've I, i I've got a feeling he's just going to be a null threat in the same way that Atkinson is for us where Atkinson his biggest strength is that he gets over the game line he frees his arms and he's he's got the ball available for an offload and I can't think of a single time where we've had Players on his shoulder offering an option. And well, any an
3: stats here. Sorry, Jim.
1: <laughs> no, I'm just I'm looking at the stats here from the from the game. And so tackles, Gloucester 168, Leicester 135. And the possession was only 47%, 53%. So, you know, that's that they're not uh, Leicester didn't have that much more ball for us to be making that many more tackles. Clearly they're doing a bit more with it. But the the massive stat for me is the missed tackles. Mm. We missed eighteen, and they missed twenty-seven. So they, they they have missed like one-fifth of their tackles, and we've missed like one-tenth. You know that is that is massive. But then the clean breaks we have eight and they have nine. <laughs> well, that, that, I mean that's almost doesn't make sense, does it? No, no it's almost it's like okay, well, it's where you,
2: you've, you've broken it, to be fair, a tackle, though. but you've literally yeah. got Are no we, options. I, it's I think, it's yeah. where
0: we're it's where it's where we're carrying the ball. So again, this has come back to I, I, I'll just go about what I was saying on our WhatsApp WhatsApp group and what Russ has mentioned. The key point is when Barton gets the ball or whoever gets the ball at fly half, realistically they should at least have two options. So when Cipriani was at his pomp two years ago, we would have a crash ball and we would have, or or a short ball and we would have a, uh, a deeper ball.
1: And then Um, with Cipriani, we probably have the the magic ball as well.
0: Yeah. And also you have a a penalty uh, advantage. And also you've got the, you've got the opportunity, you've got the option as the fly half to go yourself. You know, so technically you've got three options at every single, uh, the ideal thing would be every single time the fly half gets the ball, there should be
1: three options on. Well, you got Um, two, it should be two passes run or kick or
0: kick. Yeah. Well, I did. I mean, at best, at times on Saturday, we barely had one option. That was it. Was it was so telegraphed? You could tell the ball because twelve is so deep, but there's no player offering realistically offering a, a line or an inside ball, as I said. Um, and I'm not blaming Barton at all because Barton is basically yeah, being told, and he, this is the game plan that he's being told to play to. So Barton's being told, don't isolate yourself, don't make a move, a bust yourself. You know, someone like Lloyd Evans who likes a bit of a dart himself, that might not be Barton's natural game. There's lots of different things here. The other bit that um, I, I would say is that again, I, I, you can't really criticise individual players because I don't think anyone, you know, I, I do think it comes down to we're the, the coaching and the style of play we're trying to develop. Um, uh, Skivington had an interview with um, uh, Shedweb last week, and one of the things I found interesting, he was talking about uh, where we're playing, the amount of ball we're kicking away, and it was all about the fact that when he when we when he came into the club, one of the weaknesses that he spotted was the fact we were trying to run it from everywhere, and I think we all agree that that was equally it was stupid. You know, when you when you're on your own twenty-two, you, there isn't particularly clever to start throwing it uh, yeah. four or five look passes out wide look
1: at what's there if it's on exactly. it's on if it's not who fit it's
0: not yeah. exactly and he's gone so far the other way that you you know you i'm not saying that we want to be playing free and loose like southern hemisphere rugby but even just simple stuff like when you've got the ball in your 22 from a restart why on god's earth do you run the ball out of the 22 so you can't kick it into touch. You can only clear it and give it the ball back to the opposition. You know, if if for example, if you've just scored a try or a penalty or whatever from the restart, and it's your ball from the restart, pin them back, give the ball to your fly half in the twenty-two or your scrum half or whatever, and put it on the halfway
1: line at a set piece, which apparently we're we're, we're trying to target yeah. and become better at. We, we it, should it, have some of our big forwards being aware enough to actually. Not try and make ground actually, but again, concede, though, Jim, I don't even think it's to the rucks inside the 22. I
0: don't even think, Jim, I don't even think it's a case of forwards not thinking because if it was, you'd have that would happen maybe once or twice in a game. But on Saturday, every single restart, every single time we got the ball in our 22 in that situation, even stuff like that, stuff like we'd have a line out in our 22 and we'd run the ball out of the 22. It made absolutely no sense, particularly when you've been under pressure for 50,
1: so, like ten minutes. Well, it's it's the box kicking game. game, isn't it? It's the box kicking game rather than the. The, so the, the box kick.
3: kick seems to be a high, you know, the, the way they're going. Someone shared it on Twitter, and this is coming down to Ed's point about. Good decision making. There's a clip and Quinn's, and the, I didn't realise this was a law, but this comes into point. So, if you pass it back into the 22 and get tackled in the 22, it's a new ruck and you you you're allowed to kick it dead. So, what Quins? Uh, there's probably a slight new. So
0: yeah, to it. from the if you pass the ball back into the 22, that ruck it's been taken back in. Yeah. The following ruck, if it resets at that point, it is now allowed in the 22. Yeah, thank, sorry, thanks said. So what they did, Quins did. They literally
3: walked forward and took a soft tackle and then they rubbed over. It was clean ball for the scrum half who could then kick it dead. I'm not saying I like that style of play, but what that is is like Ed said, that is an understanding of where you are in the field and making a good decision. I'd rather you do that and kick it dead than run the risk of. Well, do you think Slater? Well, I
0: think Slater nicked four balls. Yeah. He nicked four or five on Saturday. You know, I, I, when Slater and Alamano are in the team, our lineout's one of the best in the league at, at nicking other people's ball. So surely you want to put pressure on a lineout that if you if you feel you've got a strength there, you're going to use that rather than kicking the ball to their bloody fullback and winger, who then got the entire field to look at and go, oh, I'll run back now. And the, and the other thing Ed is is
3: kicking is a good weapon if you use it right we all talk about the chase you have got carreras who is brilliant at being really disruptive if you give him a good kick and chase and Morris nicked a good one as well didn't Mm. he I think of a restart so use that if you're gonna kick you kick in a way that suits what you've got but that's not what we feel like we're doing is it it's just and then the other thing that was really frustrating was daft penalties crept right back in again there were some really dull penalties and it just feels like we just don't think or make The right decisions to play in the right time. And, you know, again, probably sounds like we're all being negative. I agree with you. I thought there were plenty of positives, but those frustrations and negatives are just so glaringly obvious. You can't help but, you can't ignore them, can you? They just stand out.
1: Yeah, we definitely played a better team. Um, Leicester are better than both Wasps and Worcester who we played recently. And the scary thing is, we're playing Harlequins next, who are significantly better again. Okay. Mm.
3: Leicester out-muscled us as well. That worried me. Our pack were just completely... Physically, they were a, a
0: level above us. Lot,
1: a lot of early substitutions as well. Yeah, yeah we did way way. a few great, and, and unfortunate
0: injuries, didn't we? Um, right. Okay, we're going to move on now. We're going to talk about the England performance against France and um, why uh, the French World Cup is going to be appallingly awful. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll be back in a bit. Bitter match. <laughs> right we're going to talk about the england france game now and um i think a bit was a bit of a surprise for everybody i don't i don't think we all really expected that performance um england being very poor really, really probably since towards the end of last year um being quite negative and quite pedestrian and that was a really exciting game of rugby it was a really dynamic performance um playing rugby in the right areas and and actually looking really dangerous um uh, maybe to being a bit do, doing a bit of a disservice to them because i thought that at times against wales they did the same but we just kept making stupid bloody mistakes um, I, d-
2: I don't think we've been
0: that far
2: off actually I, I think they've been a bit hard done by by the by the press and a lot of the more more casual i don't know scotland was awful the, the scotland game like, was dreadful mate yeah, but scotland, yeah. we we had a man sent off in that game as well remember
1: no, we um, did snow. I, tr- I think
2: I think Eng- England have not adjusted well to games changing in in certain ways. So they have they struggled with sort of plan B's and plan C's. Um, but it felt it felt like we've always been quite close to just being able to open up and put it on. And there's certain aspects of our game that are just absolutely world class.
3: But- you say that like that's not a worry, though, Snow, which for me it really is because you can only do plan A for so long and that, that you know, I, I appreciate, you know, yeah, maybe they're being done hard, hard done by, but Scotland figured them out in the same way South Africa did. If you get parity, they up front, they don't know what to do to get over the game line, and that that's if you want to be, which is what England are aiming they are, and any Welsh fans listening, piss off, it's not arrogance it's just a fact, I want us to win the World Cup, and you've got to go for it, and you've got to judge them on that, they need to be able to adapt
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, if it, if it carried on for the rest of time, but I think what I'm saying is I don't think they've been that far away from that performance no, I, no, so no. I wasn't completely surprised by it, you know, it's the same players doing the same things they're, it's, they're just it's,
1: it's the saracens players that have now got matched sharp i think yeah. i think it's those well, players think... that were but they were they weren't match fit they weren't Matt sharp and they've had a couple of quality international games and now they're back where they probably would have been had they yeah. you know been I playing premiership you... previously what
3: you saw in that game as well is where edgy eddie, eddie jones is very good with his his man management sometimes you know he's very provocative and he'll put it on him but i thought what was noticeable to me was daily probably quite rightly got put on the bench but when he came on he certainly looked a lot sharper than i've seen him for a while i thought he was and malins played very well beforehand as well but i thought you know that's that's making a change that that Worked well and it paid off. And Eddie's probably done that, and he's probably had a word with someone like Daly and said, "You know, you're there or thereabouts. Still, I just need to see more from you." And to be fair oh, to yeah. Daly, he came on and delivered. What, 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 what you Watson, need, players, I think.
2: You know, play, players that are coming to form. Like Watson, just looks probably the best uh, he's, he's ever looked. He's been
3: class. So, you know, I, I, I do get what you're saying, and I don't think we have been that bad. Frustration of not being able to adapt to Sky. Well, I yeah, don't know Watson's if Watson's been it, a step up all season, hasn't he? He's really. He's finishing his top class at the moment.
1: Yeah. Did you guys see it on BT Sport when they had uh, Lawrence and Austin talking about, you know, what? how do you get into the England team and more importantly, how do you get out of it? Mm. And I think maybe just with, you know, Elliot Daly being benched, you know, basically, um, it was kind of, a, right, your position isn't safe. In fact, no one's position is safe. Maybe that, I think that, Maybe in the, the amateur, certainly in the amateur days and in the early days of professionalism, you know, it was a big carrot, wasn't it, of financially to, to be playing for England. And I think they kind of need to get, maybe not through a financial means, but just get that desire back so that players properly concentrate, properly up their game. That they're scared about getting dropped because it is actually a real possibility. And you hope that that's where the hope is. From
3: those those few changes he did make, made a massive difference, didn't they? I can't think of any of the changes who didn't have a positive impact. So, well, Oli Lawrence, I program. thought.
0: I mean, Ollie Lawrence came on. He touched the ball twice, which was a start. Um, but genuinely, no. I mean, I'm I'm being a bit facetious there. But the first time he got the ball, he hit the ball. He he got the ball at pace and made a bit of a dent into the French line, which is what we should have been doing with him against Scotland, yeah. but he didn't get the ball. I mean, there's a good argument
3: for that, Ed, isn't there? I think you have to, you know, there's a balance. You've got to give people time. You can't just give people one-off cap and then discard um, them for a yeah. bad game. You've got mm-hmm. to balance it well, and there, there are players, Furbank got treated quite badly, didn't he? And, you know, He had a, a run of games where he wasn't great, and he's discarded. And there are other players that you can go back in time. You look at Anthony Allen, he, you know, had a couple of difficult games. You've got to be patient, there's a balance to be had, isn't there? You know, yeah. someone like New Zealand are very good at bringing people in, and suddenly they've got 20 30 caps and they feel like they've been around forever. And they build yeah, that,
2: depth. I mean, that England team is packed full of caps, yeah, yeah. Um, so and and I think that is a really positive thing is that he knows as a bare minimum he's going to go into a world cup with experience not just in the starting 15 but a
1: full squad yeah, with a and lot
2: I, of d- I think but, where the problem that, is that's today, to the is...
1: detriment of not having players that are actually the best in their uh, position yeah. in the country well, yeah I, I mean you, you, you say that, let's,
2: let's, yeah let's let's take 10 12 right because he's gone back to Ford and Farrell now I I think that setup that he's got when it's working well They perform so far above the sum of their parts because George Ford as a standalone is not a world class 10. But when those two are firing in that England shape, the the way they get that backline moving and the number of options that they have that they can use is. I just just think,
1: you know, Marcus Smith and Owen Farrell, if they'd have had 20 caps as a partnership, would be better so this is the problem with that approach i I
3: completely take what you're saying snow and i to to an extent you're right what you need though is you need some people with a bit of experience coming through so take nine we youngs has got so many caps dan robson's only just starting to get those caps and he's now got to adjust and adapt you can probably get away with it now because the World Cup's still a few years away. But this is the time where you need to just blood a few people. So you there's a balance, isn't there? And the risk with what Eddie's doing, it's great. But the risk is there's a couple of players, where if they get injured, suddenly there's a long way to go in terms of so someone like Ford gets injured and you don't trust Farrell to be 10. There's not a lot of depth there. Yeah, but I mean, no, that's where. Still, still, quite a lot of
2: experience. Actually, you've you got Slade as well. That's what got to be on thirty caps now or something as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Um I, I'd say the only positions where there is really that risk is fullback, and he's finally blooded someone there now. Maylands is a um, very Maylands, good who, who looked looked very good.
0: Um, I'd say ben nine Hughes to be fair. Though, though. No, how uh, old nine? is Ben? I to be come the I, World Cup. I was going to say. I think. Yeah. I think the. I think the biggest problem England have got really if you look across the squad is probably nine yeah every other position you you can probably say there's three four five players that could flip fit, fit and they're not saying they're all world class but they would fit into a into a yeah. shape and a team
1: the same nine system. nine
0: i do think we're struggling because you look at you look at the premiership and you look at the, who are the big who are the nines are performing week in week out playing really well and unfortunately, unfortunately for England, the two nines who are consistently playing really well at the moment are Danny Kerr and Richard Wigglesworth. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um,
0: maybe I mean, maybe yeah. Ben Spencer if you're gonna be, you know, but he's hit and miss, he's up and down. Um Danny I suppose Harry Kerr Randall would have been
1: recalled to the squad, is he, let's no. be honest. And no, Harry, Randall,
0: I, I, Harry Randall, Harry would have been there or thereabouts without the injury. I've seen those three all um,
1: aged
2: together at the same time. That's the no, trouble, like, it's, isn't
3: it's, it's, that? It's one of those. It, it, it it's a difficult situation. If they would be, if we were winning, no one would question it, would they? You'd be fighting with it, and that's that's part of the problem. And that's my issue, like you said, Snowy, with the press. It's kind of like they're not bought forward. And let's not forget, that's not a very that's a very good France side that they hung in there for for a long period of the game and got a very good result out of. The
2: other I think thing the- with international rugby is that you're expected to be at your best every game because yeah, it's yeah. test match, test match, test match. And the difficult thing as a coach is you've got to take a bigger picture, which means not... I mean, you if you look at longer pitch, bringing in a brand new 10, that is a hugely risky move.
0: Yeah, it's Well, the risky. French did. I mean, the French have tried it for 10 years and they've only just managed to get it sorted with Intermac and, of course, he's now injured. Um, I mean, that would have been an interesting... I think with Intermac and the team on Saturday... That would have been an interesting test, ring because he's a step above, I think, pretty much every other ten in Europe at the moment. Um, the, uh, to, uh, to answer your question, Jim, uh, Ben Youngs will be thirty-three, possibly thirty-four, when he uh, when he comes to the World Cup. Oh, yeah, 33, young, 34, yeah, which is that, actually surprisingly young. We think he's got a hundred odd bloody caps, um, hundred and seven caps. Yeah, surprise. Well,
1: you, you, you'd think you'd think, given that and the fact that he is still the incumbent mm. that it is Eddie's plan to take him uh, to well, the World would... Cup. So he'll have getting getting up their top five kind of cap numbers. Really. Well he'll
0: probably be top one, I
1: would have thought, wouldn't right? he? I mean well maybe not Will uh, Jones isn't he wins. Jones, Jones is gonna be captain I mean? of Wales for the next twenty years. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he can't die, can he? I mean he? <laughs> he is I mean he's he's gonna be um, he's gonna be Lions captain, isn't he? God, I don't know. We can't be Lions captain. Christ.
2: So you think about how many times Danny Kerr started for England. But I, I guess the thing is, Young still got caps in most of those yeah, games, they, didn't they, he? They were, the nine yeah. always comes on. Non- yeah.
1: Exactly. I mean, and
3: that's a, the that's a thing we forget. For a while, we were short of nines, were we? And Young's just stayed in there. And he well, has. Just like feet,
1: Gloucester. But... Just like Gloucester, to be fair. You know, um, in that Shedweb interview that you mentioned, Ed. Mm. um you know skivingtons kind of said about all the all the players um oh yeah we could we could do with um, a player like him oh yeah he came through the gloucester academy really you know but you you can't have four you know first choice premiership standard nines you just can't in your squad because no. they all want to. They all want to be starters. Yeah, exactly. So you choose who your best one is. You keep them and the others go because you can't afford to keep them. I
3: mean, let's yeah, devil's advocate as well. We, we you can moan about not blooding players, but how much have we moaned about Gloucester having about nines that played this season? You know, and the yeah. trouble. So you can have it both ways. And to be fair. The way Eddie's managing, like the development of people like Genge, he brings them on with a decent amount of time. You know, he's working certain players. Yeah, that's quite fair well. comment. That there, there hasn't it, been
1: the ridiculous come on seventy-nine minutes and forty seconds. I think
3: it's it's the frustration is as as Ed said. You get a lot of casual fans who will just hear. I, I imagine if you ask most of them, who go on about like Simmons or someone. You say to them, how many times have you actually watched Simmons play? What is it you like about him? They'll go. I don't know, just I read an article with Stuart Barnes quite likes him, to be honest. You know, that's that's part of the issue, isn't it? It's like uh, yeah, you know, uh, people get on their high horse about it and
0: there's some players me. that there are some players that just aren't cut out or aren't developed for international rugby. I think Simmons is a good player. I mean, I do think he's a good player, and I would like to see him in in, in an England side. Particularly a dominant England side. If you have an England side that's going forward, Christ almighty, would he be good? Because he scores a lot of tries for Exeter because they're dominant and they go forward. What I would worry about is where England get matched up, as you said earlier. So South Africa um, against well uh, Wales to a point uh, Scotland, where they get matched up in the in the forwards. I don't think Simmons is the greatest when under pressure. Like, I mean, no player really is the best, but you know. But my point is, is there's certain players that can kind of they just know how to, re- to react and, de- yeah. and, de- and, and develop. Um, just quick one: Did was a try for a toje because I think it was blatantly a try. But if you go on yeah. social media, it wasn't apparently, according to some Welsh. No, it's okay. <laughs> you got to think the, a part
2: of the ball has to have touched a blade of grass. Grass that's like ninety nine point nine percent certain.
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I thought it was a try, hundred percent. But you know, yeah, I would, I, I would agree. say
1: try, um, and I don't think it was, it wasn't hundred percent. But like you say, snowy. 99.9%, mm. the tip of that ball was rotated and touched some grass.
3: Yeah. Given some of the bloody ones that have been given against us lately, I don't think anyone from Wales on social media has any right to, to poke for it. No I, mean, I, really I don't know what, what the scale they're of. They've got it, anyway. Yeah. No, They've the they they
0: like got to CMO. beat France. They, they beat France, they win the Grand yeah. Slam. What's the problem? Yeah. You know? well, yeah. I
3: think they're probably a bit worried because we've poke the bear a bit this week haven't we we've pissed France
0: off, and Mm -hmm. they're probably a bit worried that France won't have someone sent off (laughs) or they're Italy because Italy were I mean let's be right we need to touch on this because Italy we said routinely that it's not right if you know we've got to give Italy a chance and all the rest of it I mean even by Italy standards that was atrocious on the first half particularly it was it was like a training run I there has to be some. They're, they're blooding their youngsters. Oh yeah, but, but Christ, they're, youngsters they're... are crap, then aren't they? I mean, the, let's be honest. The, the trouble awful. is,
3: what do you do with them, Ed? Because I do get what you're saying. They're not, you know, they're, that sounded really bad. What do you do with them? Like put them in another. no. But no, court. you're right. You're but, right. No, because they go? are not.
1: They are not the standard of the of the other five but, nations. But they won't get nowhere by going near down. the standard. Of Georgia, who are no. the best of the rest. So, yeah, Italy will beat Georgia by the you know, same nine amount times that
0: out of ten, probably.
3: And, and this by is the is same amount wider, that Wales are beating. The wider mm. problem is you could probably remove them if they get games and are developed. But let's face it, who would play them? You know, summer tours and so on, no one's going to. New Zealand aren't going to go
1: to Italy. And no, it's Italy, the same problem Italy we, are the same standard as your Canada, your USA. Yeah. Well, than that. You, but, are yeah, they are they? I don't know. I would yeah, say they- I
0: would say it's Italy. Italy are in the same sort of band as like Japan, uh know, that's, Japan, Georgia, Argentina. In that that's, uh, if that's Argentina, Argentina have a shocker. Yeah, no, if Argentina, Argentina. if Argentina have a shocker They'll get thumped 40 points, but you could sometimes see Argentina might edge out a team. So, Ed you know,
2: Argentina
3: no, it, have beaten all the Tri Nations. I get what he's said. How many teams go to Japan for a free test series or a series of internationals? There aren't many.
0: And Wales Italy, did, they lost two of them.
3: Well, yeah, yeah. We,
0: all, all right, remember that. But at the moment, but you know, due you team,
3: they had a one fixture in, against us in the Autumn Internationals, but it doesn't happen enough, does it? And it's the same with Italy. That's It's all about those games. And, and, and as you said, Jim, if you put them down into the, whatever the lower Six Nations is, they won't learn from it. All they do is pace the other teams and then you get some... Knob go well, That just proves that none of them are ready, and it, it keeps them down
0: there. And Georgia have it, won. Is it Georgia have won sixteen games in a row? Yeah, in that, it, in that and, European and, Cup thing they're playing. And there's an argument. So there's an argument that
3: Georgia might be able to be above them as well. It, it's a mess, isn't it? And it comes back to a lot. We'll see it next World Cup. A team will come from nowhere, win a couple of games. We we'll all love them. We'll say let's make sure we develop it and nothing
0: will happen. Well, what a lovely segue uh, onto the World Cup. Uh, now, for those who <laughs> may have been reading our Twitter feed today, uh, we're recording this on the Monday, the 15th. Uh, myself, Snowy, Jim and Lawrence are trying <laughs> trying to uh, obtain some of these uh, World Cup tickets early, getting them in advance, so we can get a book in and get, get ourselves sorted for two, year, two and a half years' time. Um, to put it mildly, the system, the ticketing system that we had to endure and endure is the word was an absolute shit show. Uh, I mean, it really was poor and a snowy. We this, were talking this, before, is, this
1: is considering that we had to pre-register. Uh, was it forty-eight hours previous? Yeah, so we had to put like up that? on the deck. The pre-registration
2: yeah. didn't uh, didn't do anything.
1: So uh, you didn't, have, you you didn't to... even have to log in, did you? No. <laughs> no. So so in its, we won't go into
0: the detail of it because it is quite boring from that point of view. But in its shortest form, you had to pre-register, and for the first 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 forty-eight hours of this ticket sale, you can only use a Mastercard. Well, I mean, I don't have one, but. Lawrence, Jim, and Snowy do. Uh, I think my wife's got a Mastercard. If I absolutely had to desperately get one, Ooh, so be not worth act- the risk. Not worth not the, worth the risk. risk. No. Anyway, um, des- so basically, that's kind of not really limiting it. Um, anyone can sign up for this uh, pre-sale um, beforehand. Apparently, they had four hundred thousand uh, people who signed up before, and I think there's two point six million tickets that are going to be available totally for the World Cup now
1: um you can only buy was it six was it so the, these
0: packs well? yeah and what these were you, you could buy a, a city pack uh which consisted of either three games one which was a, a you had to go to one of these games and then you could pick from two of four other other ones um and the 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 game that you had to go to was a, a, a sort of a a much a lower merit game so it'll be something like asia 2 versus america 1 so it'd be like usa versus fiji for example or tonga or whatever um uh, and then, so that would be one option. So that, that for example, Lille, you'd buy a ticket for Lille, the pack for Lille and you get two England games and this other game that you would have to go to watch. Brilliant. Excellent. Great. And the value, it was not bad value. It was, I think it worked out about 272 euros for those three games. That's,
1: that's cat four.
0: Yeah. And that was cat, no,
1: that was cat two. That's, so that sorry, was category cap, two. Cap, cap, so that's, that's two, a, which is the second cheapest.
0: Second, second, most expensive. Oh,
1: Second, most expensive. Sorry. Yeah. The
0: most expensive was 400 euros for, for that city. And it depended on the city and the rest of it. There's also the opportunity you could buy buy tickets to watch a team. So, for example, England, you'd have a game in Marseille, a game in Nice, two games in Lille. And the cheapest category for that was around about two. It was 255 euros, I think, but it went all the way up to um, sort of uh, 700 odd quid uh, or thousand pounds a game if you wanted to to watch all four England games and then get the opportunity to buy a quarter final ticket. Um, Unsurprisingly, they are these tickets are going to be the most sought Zorable. after because they're yeah. England, uh, and England's got the biggest travelling support outside of France. Um, and um, you'd expect that the systems would have—they were put in place. They've had a long time to develop this. They've had a long time to work on these IT systems that it wouldn't just crash and fall over. Well, unsurprisingly, it crashed and fall o- fell over. And um, if you look on social media, there are very few people who. up this morning who managed to get tickets even to get on to the point where they could
1: buy a ticket well that's that's the thing because we weren't told were we that like you did that uh was it 40 minutes before ticket sale you joined a queue Mm. um i actually bought um bought harry potter stage show tickets and i thought it was quite wonderful the way they did it You, you could go online at any point, um, I forget the exact times, let's say between 10 and 11 a.m. So at any point between 10 and 11, you join to basically get in the pre-queue. And then bang on 11 o'clock, you got a randomly assigned position in the queue. So you can turn up at 5-2, you can turn up at 1 minute two, But on, at 11 o'clock, you got a randomly assigned position in the queue and you wait. And I really like that especially because I had about 46,000 different browsers open and I managed (laughs) managed to get front row tickets. But that was because I was being clever um, and you couldn't do it like tabs in the same browser. They had to be different browsers. So it was like all the different browsers, incognito windows, different um, phones, tablets, all the stuff. But it was bloody awkward and I managed to do it. This, you didn't get any idea what was going on at all, did you? It was just... uh, 11 o'clock I mean it wasn't even 11 o'clock I think it was ten two, and I signed in and the website had already totally crashed because there was like 400,000 people trying to log in.
2: You could tell beforehand it wasn't going to go well could you because the translations were terrible there wasn't there wasn't sort of any logic to why you were signing up in the first place and what that was giving you because it's not the, like you were.
0: No and the process of actually signing up didn't work
1: <laughs> yeah, like you, I, mean, you, I wasn't, I wasn't um, sure if i had signed up after no, I'd
0: exactly. signed exactly so go
2: on snow weird, weird tangent but the, so at the minute there's a big shortage of graphics cards right long story but it's very hard no, to buy this, a graphics yeah. card for yeah, PC. so what what some companies are doing now that's very clever is they'll they'll if they've got some available they'll have a window and that might be half hour window an hour window where you log in to, to buy it you go through the whole purchase card details everything to secure it and then what they'll do if there's fifty available, but one hundred and fifty people have signed in in that window to purchase it, it's then basically a, a draw. A ballot, yeah. It's a ballot. So, so there's no, there's no like incentive for having some clever high tech system that's constantly refreshing on the microsecond to try and cheat your way in, which is what all the touts are doing. That they. The, the reason these servers go down aren't because people are all logging in at once and they haven't scaled them big it's enough. The scalpers. It's because scalpers are using big computer networks to just constantly yeah. try and like brute force their way in to buy the tickets
3: it's it's why the world Cup, uh, the olympics worked wasn't it because you you had a hierarchy of preference as well so it gave you a chat you had to be you know, I remember when I, I didn't get any instantly, but I remember being like, "Right, I'm going to pick something ridiculous, like the 100 metres final, just just on fucking off chance that I might get very lucky." But then it also made you realise, well, I've only got a certain amount, so I'm going to try and pick some events that actually interest me, but. There's and you've got, got, a tra- a really and you got a good chance. chance so to get so it. I picked yeah. things like handball and stuff, and I, I, you know, I felt it was, you know, I knew enough people who got tickets to loads of random stuff, so you kind of felt it was a fair process. I think you don't mind doing these things if it feels fair, do you? And you lose. No, no. You The Rugby World, World
2: Cup, system when it was here was brilliant as well, yeah. and you, you could, yeah, I got. You, you could re- I had tickets all the way through to the final. Um, and okay i had to sort of keep an eye on it and have my wits about me but then when i couldn't go well i couldn't go england got knocked out so <laughs> got, you, know, so you found some you found some you, kiwis and aussies to sell yeah. it to yeah, yeah but you, it was all done through the website it through the, the website portals. Yeah, you, you yes just, you just made them available again that was it
3: the, the yeah. thing is is it always it things like this you have met so you you know Myself and my wife, we go to lots of gigs and she will do pre-sales and stuff like that. And you remember the bands that were quite easy to book into and you'll try and go to those again, or the venues where it was good. When you have a shit system, it really puts you off, doesn't it? And that's that's the problem with this, is it will just put people off.
1: Yeah, like Glastonbury tickets, the issue with Glastonbury tickets isn't that they've got a shit system. They've got a fantastic system. It's that a million people are trying to get 150,000 tickets. That's the issue. And that's why some people, Danny Rumble, seem to get a ticket every year. (laughs) And other people, me, don't. But it is a total lottery. And because of the way they do the ticketing, you've got your face printed on it. You cannot exchange it. And I think this is what we've talked about, is for some stupid reason, the British government seem to just not want to make resale above face value, illegal and well, that that not, you, yeah, yeah, it, solve so did, many problems
2: they did it for the olympics and, and the world, just, cup, and the world so, cup
3: and the rugby world cup and it just went so smooth it was so easy the world <laughs> cup experience was you know here no complaints about it really smooth busy venue because i remember we were running late to get to the game because it was i went to australia fiji and cardiff so of course getting into fucking cardiff on a match day at the best of times is a nightmare it was also the day we complete sale on a house when we tried to so we were a bit of a rush and it was one of those ones you got then you're thinking this is going to be a fiasco we'll be lucky it was seamless just so easy like here's your car parking space here's your route into the ground yeah you've got your ticket you've got your Proof in you go, and and that's all you want, isn't it? Which yeah. it, it should be an easy experience that makes you want to come back to watch more games. If uh, you're some uh, my,
0: exactly, player. exactly right, and that's it. So my concern is, it's going to come down to two things. One, tout tout scalpers resale sites are going to be horrendous. You're going to get, you're going to get. You, I I can guarantee you're going to see um, tickets for these games up on uh, resale sites pretty quickly. Uh,
1: usually, usually they'd be there already.
0: Yeah, I mean, they haven't probably won't have done it yet because they're still in the process of this first tranche of sales, so people can still. And I think they are going the to release. to it? Yeah. What I um, the other bit I, I, you know is going to be the case: the amount of corporate tickets, the amount of business tickets, and I know they need this to ge- generate revenue for World Rugby and all the rest of it. And there's and there are certain financial deals you do with these companies that sponsor it, but I know for a fact there will be. A large proportion, particularly the big games like England, the first uh, couple of England games, England, Japan, England, Argentina. You watch how many of those are going to be corporate seats in Marseille and Nice. It's going ah. to be piled full of them. Watch yeah. the when Ireland play um, uh, Scotland, or when uh, New Zealand have got uh, New Zealand have got um, Ireland, or one of the two. Wales have got South Africa. It'll be Exactly the same. It will be bloody. Millions of the buggers. There'll be there'll be loads of corporate seats. I wouldn't be, be all if the people who've got those million euro
2: contracts to come up with that ticketing system. <laughs>
1: yeah, but <laughs> as long as they're in their seats, probably not in their seats for kickoff or the start of the second. half. as long as they go, <laughs> if they take yeah. I mean, seats, that's mm. and I think that's the issue that there will be a lot of the other games. The you know, yeah, the, the
0: Namibia the Namibia Tonga game, for example. Yeah, which yeah.
1: which you know, if it was in the stadium that we've just been to and it's like oh, actually yeah we'll go to that we'll, we'll, we'll do that the day after an england game before we go home that would be brilliant love to do that we would be quite happy to um buy a ticket for that but we can't because there's a corporate seat and the person's like oh, yeah, i'm not interested in that game but the, the seat's been allocated there's so many empty
2: seats didn't they i remember there was like Thirds of stadiums were empty because they'd screwed up the ticketing. They were having to give away free tickets to all the schools just to get enough.
1: Yeah, yeah, for the lower, for the Are lower, suggesting- for the lower merit games. Are you suggesting that we go and hang around in schools in France? disaster. <laughs> People just want to watch
3: rugby, don't they? And you look at the last World Cup here at King's and the support, some of the alleged lesser teams got where people will get behind those teams it's great exposure isn't it so you want to put a system in because lots of people like us are just fans of rugby and want to be part of world cup so it's like, oh well i know realistically i cannot afford to go and see so it's in fact say france but these games are taking place in my local area. I'll get to see some rugby. I might discover something new or some players I like. It's it's just a good way to expose it and get people in the stadium, isn't it? So as soon as you give people a difficult system, they're not going to bother making the effort, are they? So, exactly, you, you know, it's just why... You, why make it more difficult than it needs to be on the other note i didn't bother going through this so seeing you three miserable is quite funny in itself (laughs) it's like you're in a self-help group at the moment well
0: hopefully the next release on i think is on thursday uh so hopefully when this pod goes out on thursday we will have a nice little announcement where you can put up saying we've got
1: tickets yeah and actually actually on that um, if anyone has any <laughs> intel, please tweet All us. Tickets. I thought you were about All to ask, or tickets. Yeah, tickets. yeah. Pay, yeah. Tickets. because obviously
3: Just... this is the most insightful, you know. Cherry jam on tour. We we bitched and moaned about the system. Will you pay
1: for us to go and watch a game? I'm, not, suggest, I'm not suggesting that people pay. If, any, am, <laughs> <I can't laughs> be okay. if any talking about sponsorship. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Smith's Beer Club. We've just had the two by two brewing Snake Eyes Pale. It's really nice. So cheers for that, Ben. <laughs>
0: Uh, good. I'm, I'm glad we gave that plug for absolutely no uh, return <laughs> yeah. at all there, this Jim. This is a
3: problem. We give it away for free. Why is <laughs> anyone going to pay
0: us? Yeah. Um, again, uh, one final thing, actually, before we go. To, I just want to say thank you very much for all our new um, followers on Twitter. Uh, we had about 30 people, 40 people sort of randomly follow us. And I think like at least 38 of them are real. Um, uh, one or two I know aren't. Uh, <laughs> uh, just because uh, they seem to be very, very happy to do lots of TikTok videos um anyway um if you are a follower of our, us on twitter try and find out who that might be um anyway the um but yeah thank you very much for for, for following us and uh, listening to us and um i think next week uh we, we obviously going to have the quins game uh, we're going to talk about the uh, the final round of six nations but um what i'll do in the week is i will tweet out on our uh jam underscore rugby twitter handle uh, for some ideas of stuff you would like us to talk about again. Uh, it's always nice to to get some uh, audience feedback and give us some things to talk about, even if it's just daft and silly. We've done biscuits, maybe do something like cake. I don't know. Uh, possibly uh, your favourite moments in rugby, sort of random things that you'd like us to talk about uh, related to Gloucester rugby. Um, and we'll go from there. Um, anything else quickly? We've got about a minute left, guys. You wanted to touch on? Uh, no, I'm
1: just... Keeping all my fingers and toes crossed for, for Thursday in the in the resale, really.
0: Mm. Yeah. Uh,
1: think, the good news is we we've I think got- we could be quite upset if we don't get tickets because we kind of set our heart on it. But I think this is part of the problem and probably why World Rugby have released the tickets when they have is that lock- with lockdown, everyone is desperate. They're talking about pub gardens being booked out solid for the next three months because people have got money in the bank uh, well, some people, got people many have got money in the yeah. back, yeah. Uh, and, and they are desperate to get back to normality. So um, a bit like we did last year, booking tickets for um, you know, the Japan-British Lions game, we were kind of like, oh, something to look forward to. And I think it's very <laughs> much along the same lines.
0: It's, it's very much dependent on people being very sensible, not doing anything stupid, not meeting people they shouldn't meet until they're allowed to meet those people. So we all can go and watch the British and Irish Lions play Japan. And that's thanks. why we're all <laughs> fucked. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, thanks guys. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.